Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a crowd podcast. I'd say the only mistake... Is you not getting out and about enough, Tiger? <laughs> then second one, I did shepherd's pie, and I did a good old trifle. That went down well. <laughs> they were all massive pranksters. They sent it to the wrong Scott Stallings, to some estate agent. No, if I want to play tomorrow, I have to play with a member. All of Augusta will shit themselves. When King Charles finds his first Beefs Golf Club golf ball. <laughs> I'm Andrew Beef Johnston. And I'm John Robbins. Welcome to Beefs Golf Club. Yes, mate. What's happening, man? Oh, beef. What a week it's been. Um, I I asked you for absolution from um, my golfing sins when I took a half on the uh, 14th tee. Do you remember? Yes. Yes, I do, uh, unfortunately. Well, I've managed to absolve myself. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure I've been forgiven by the golfing gods because... Uh, I was vice captain for that event where I secured the half slash chickened out of the uh, going for the win. Um, so I was captain for the next event and that was last week. And uh, I'm delighted to say that we, my team went in um, 11 and a half, eight and a half up after the first uh, day of the Ryder Cup event. And well, the phrase landslide doesn't get used enough in golf. But it was an absolute red wall for the red team. And uh, we won 24 and a half, 15 and a half. So nine points. Imagine being in a, a Ryder Cup team that won by nine points. Oh, wouldn't that be... Yeah, wouldn't that be great? I mean, I played like absolute dog dirt and uh, lost my point on the final green. Uh, also, <laughs> we were three... We were three up with four to play and lost four consecutive holes but it didn't matter because it's all about the team it's all about the team the only thing when it goes like that big of a gap like one of the last ones you went on where you got the half or you won the last point to win like that that tightness and that celebration is like so fun when you do it but when you're like ah fuck it's another point it's another point and it just gets like you you missed that like tense moment yeah so yeah so when I went on holiday to Spain I was three down with three to play so it was Dormy three and I won the last three holes to halve the match which won us the cup but the thing is I didn't know that when I was playing which probably helped but someone needs to invent like a live golf trip sort of score app or something so you know where it's at but then I wonder if it would have been too much too much pressure yeah it's a good thing you didn't know 
we had that years ago in um, Middlesex Junior League and um, we were playing Enfield in the final and I went out first and I was playing against a really good player and he beat me and I thought he was going to be heading to a playoff and I was shit in my pants and um, I remember being on the putting green and the last guy Ed he hold like this 10 footer to win but he thought it was to take it to a playoff so when it went in we all run on the green and he was like we, we, we're like what's going on what's happening what are you doing we've got a playoff and like no 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 Ed we, we fucking won oh, <laughs> like wow. and he had no idea yeah <laughs> how are you doing when are we going to get you in the actual Ryder Cup <laughs> I'll just be happy to be able to play uh, professional golf I, I, I think um from what I can tell, I'm not going to be teeing it up till next year. So that shortest comeback was definitely the shortest comeback. Um, yeah, I've got I've got more rehabbing to do and and stuff on my hand. And they basically said it's better to get it back 100% and not rush it this time. So yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do this summer now. Fuck knows. So what sort of rehab is it? Is it mo- just movements and physio and stuff? Yeah, strength like wrist strength, thumb thumb strength movements. Lots of thumb wars. Yeah, thumb wars. <laughs> Just endless thumb wars. You won't want to play me and Jan. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Lots of hailing cabs. <laughs> Hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, yeah. <laughs> All of the classic uh, thumb exercises. <laughs> lots of lots of uh, tossing coins. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish it was that straightforward but hopefully I'm on a good path and I, I can just crack on now and get back to playing for next season and that's kind of my goal now but Great it's stuff. a bit shit but it's all good it's not the end of the world well we wish you all the best and folks if you've got a golfing confession you want to send in to Father Beef you can send it to beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk but an even more exciting way to get involved with Beef's Golf Club um we're about to announce because beef there have been rumors circling around the clubhouse this week hushed whispers excited giggles notes being passed secretly about a certain golf day and as chairman of the club are you in a position to confirm or deny these rumors yes i can confirm that tickets are now available for beef fest beef tober beef stock beef stock's good because of stock. Yeah, I've definitely nicked that. I think I saw someone wrote that on Twitter at me. So I've definitely nicked it. So thanks for that. Beef stock is on. Oh, beef stock is great. Sponsored by OXO. <laughs> what if we did like um, a pun on the, like a, a major or something like the beef GA, um, the Moo S Open? <laughs> Is that is that too good? Maybe, <laughs> the maybe the 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 Moo S Open is too good. I don't know. There's no bad ideas. <laughs> I like that one. I do. I like the Moo S Open. I think that is brilliant. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this. It's just going to be such a fun day. And yeah, to come and get the tickets, come and hang out. Shank Gong's going to be there, and I'm going to be ready to batter it if anyone hits a shank. <laughs> Um, Okay, so a little bit of info for you folks. Um, At this stage, 
The tickets that are on sale are just the golfing tickets for people who want to play around. Um, there's obviously going to be lots of prizes, nearest the pins, longest drives, etc. And uh, we're going to look into adding extra tickets for the uh, grandstands for uh, guests, for people who just want to come and enjoy the festival later down the line. You can either buy a four ball or individual tickets, but if you would like to come on your own, we would encourage you to team up with other Beefs Golf Club members and make a new four ball. Uh, because tickets work out slightly cheaper if you buy it as a four ball and lots of people are chatting on the Facebook group so why not team up with them there'll be a barbecue lots of freebies and a QA and a uh, with beef and myself as well we'll also be presenting the prizes and it's just going to be the best day ever if it turns out not to be the best day ever if it's second or third best maybe I don't know one one day you met Lewis Hamilton that kind of thing and it just goes into the top three there's no refunds for that um, but for more info and to buy tickets follow the link in the episode description and we can't wait to meet you all there mate I, I'm buzzing we cannot wait so head down into the description click on that ticket link and get your four ball booked right John our first major tournament of the year is approaching and the first one for beefs golf club let's get cracking man let's get cracking with the masters well mate obviously we started this podcast we started beefs golf club back end of last year and it's coming up to major season we haven't even discussed majors and it's going to be the masters mate so i think we should discuss what goes on at the Masters? Absolutely, we should. And uh, for anyone who doesn't uh, follow sort of golf on TV or is new to golf, there are four major tournaments, a bit like you have in tennis. You've got the French Open, you've got the Australian Open, Wimbledon, US Open. In snooker, you've got the UK Championship, the Masters and the World Championship. Golf has its major tournaments as well. The PGA, the US Open, the Open which is the one in uh, Britain, and the Masters. Three of them are in America, and unusually for a sport, I would say, it's sort of all agreed that the Masters is the most prestigious one, really. Is it? Is that fair to say? Is it the one everyone wants to win? I would say the majority would say the Open. Really? Even the Americans? I think so. But then there's the thing with the Masters, it's so different to the other three majors. One that is played around the same golf course every year. The other three aren't. They move. And I think that adds to viewing as well. And if you guys uh, watched it before or thinking about watching it over the course of watching it for the last, I don't know, 25 years, you know the golf course and you know so many holes that you see on telly every year and you know what's coming. You know all the slopes, where they put some of the pins and stuff like that. And it's just... It's a great, it really is a great one to watch. But I would say the majority would say the Open, but I think there's more exclusivity somehow in the Masters because obviously you win the green jacket. Yeah, and also all of the other courses that majors are played on, pretty much regular folks can play on as well, give or take. So like St Andrews, probably the most famous golf course in the world alongside Augusta where the Masters are played. You know, I can go into a ballot. I could play St Andrews. I could stand on that old bridge that everyone stands on. I could go down those fairways people know. But 
I have got a cat's chance in hell of playing Augusta. Have you played Augusta? No, I've never played it, no. Well, there you go. I mean, that's how, that is how difficult it is to get on. It's pretty much impossible, isn't it? Yeah, you need to know, you need to know a member. And I think even to become a member, I think it's one where you need to be, it's something like you need to be invited to go and play and then invited to be able to go and join it. But then potentially you need to be, you need to play with like 10 different members and then they all need to sign, give like their signature and you need so many signatures then to join. And then you probably need about half a million quid to join after that. <laughs> Maybe more. I tell you what it is, as much as we love the Masters and we love the traditions and we love the course, it is the most unlike Beef's Golf Club of any golf club on earth. Would you say that's fair enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say it's similar to that. Yeah. And like when even getting to play it, it's invitation as well. So generally you would, if you're top 50 in the world, you would get an invite and then there's like past winners and then other invites. But there's only usually about 85, 90 people in a field, I think. Mm. It's not a big field. So tell us about the tournament beef. What What's different about the tournament to the other majors? Uh, you just said that the winners get a green jacket. Yeah. Which they don't actually get to keep, apparently. No. I, they get like a replica. I think you can use it for like special occasions and certain bits, but it has to stay generally at Augusta. I've always sworn, right, if, if I ever had the chance and... If I ever won the Masters, first thing I'll do, right, I'll go straight down, straight back home, I would get a replica made up that looks exactly like the original jacket, and then I would start doing crazy things. I'll start going on, like, quad biking. I would start going, like, jet skiing with the jacket on, look like I'm wrecking my green jacket. I think all all of Augusta will shit themselves. Yeah. I'll get, like, obviously sideways drunk. Spill kebab down it, chilli garlic sauce everywhere, be smoking big cigar, there'd be ash everywhere all over it, take it jet skis, wherever, and um, sort of see what they do and play kind of a big prank on them and say, no, 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 it's not, I'm only joking, mate, it's not the real jacket, the real jacket's still there, or I've hidden it or whatever, it's in my wardrobe, and see what they do and play a big prank on Augusta, that's what I would do. And it's that kind of attitude that means you're definitely going to win the Masters. (laughs) I think that that's the sort of thing that connects all the Masters winners from Horton Smith to Sam Sneed to uh, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas. They were all massive pranksters. <laughs> it's, um, it's also worth saying it's a very American tournament. I mean, it started in 1934, done my research now. And it wasn't until 1961 that a non-American won it. That was Gary Player. It wasn't until 1980 that a European won it. That was Seve Ballesteros. That was a big moment. And then the first uh, Brit to win it was Sandy Lyle in 1988. And then Nick Faldo the next two years. So it is super American, the traditions around it. Um, But it is getting more... I always think it's unfair that three of the majors are in America. I think that really sucks. I think the PGA should go round the world because it is such a huge advantage 
if you're American. You think? To win a major, don't you think? No, not massively. Not not at that level now, like where most people play in America year in, year out. It's, it doesn't matter. It would it would be good, though, to see it going. Like, there's so many great courses around the world that could host it, which would be really cool. I think that's the only thing that misses out. And, like, if the PGA moved down and you had some of the great courses in Sandbelt in Australia or something like that, I think it'd be absolutely epic. So they do have some sort of traditions. So like previous winners will tee off, won't they? Yeah, they had, obviously they had um, every year to open the tournament. They had, from what I remember, they had Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, and Gary Player tee off. Yeah. And open the tournament. Then obviously you've got the, the dinner. So the person who wins it, the next the next year he has to put the dinner on for all the past winners and they have a dinner and they have to basically organize the menu so you've had like all sorts of different different food i think it was um few people have picked like barbecue and stuff like that and yeah all sorts of different stuff what would you, what would you have as your menu john well you want to please everyone so it's got to be pizza express um <laughs> but i wouldn't go takeaway it would I'd get I'd get Pizza Express in to cater it, so you'd have like a big trough of dough balls and a big like trough. I mean, it's probably the first time the word trough has been associated so heavily with the champions' dinner. But I want troughs of uh, Pizza Express salad dressing. I want troughs of their sort of pesto dough ball dip. Uh, I'm going to say another a, a smaller trough of anchovies. And then, um, you know, just just everyone has either classic or Romana and um, those big bottles of Peroni that no one likes because Peroni is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Would you would you get the dough balls in like pyramid format? Like the rain? Yes. Oh, great idea. And also at Christmas, they do those dusted dough balls so we could actually make them look like golf balls. A little pyramid of dusted dough balls beef. What a great idea. Get rid of the trough. Everyone <laughs> comes to the table. They've got a little pyramid of dough balls next to them. And a pizza, like a green. So you could have the egg in the middle as the hole if you're having a Fiorentina. <laughs> you could have the, the anchovies as like a water hazard on one side of the pizza. I like, I, I'm liking this beef. What would you have? Obviously, you're barbecuing, aren't you, if, if you're doing it? <laughs> To be honest, I've been thinking about this for quite a while and I've chopped and changed so much and I've actually written a proper serious menu out and you've just blown it out of proportion with Pizza Express and uh, Pyramid Dobles. Go for it. Hit me with your menu. Uh, I w- so it would be five courses. Yeah, yeah. I would start off and I would have the Birkin ham and cheese as a star, one of my favourites. Okay. Then there's a pasta dish in Rome. Right. Cacio e pepe, cheese and pepper. One of the best pasta dishes in the world. Just cheese, just pepper. Sounds like a student who's run out of stuff. Oh, mate, they make it with um, parmesan pecorino and then pasta water, make the sauce out of it. It's Ooh. incredible. Oh, I might have that tonight. So what do you, t- hang on. This does sound like a student who's just gone into their kitchen and found there's nothing there. So you make your pasta, then what do you do? So you make your pasta, grate your cheese, you've got your pepper, Uh boil the pasta, then you've got your pan, drop the cheese in, bit of pasta water, pepper, make like a sauce, 
and then pull uh-huh. the pasta out, drop it in the pan, but you can't be too hot. It yeah. has to be like just warm and then just whip the pasta in it. And it's oh, like man. this cheesy peppery sauce. It's incredible. Sounds easy, but it's hard to like nail it. That's why it's so good. Roman dish. Every time I go to Rome every year, I'll get it at least four or five times. So you've served this to Tiger Woods and you hear him turn to uh, Nick Faldo next to him and go, has he just served us, is this just pasta and, and cheese the, at the champion's dinner? <laughs> is, that, is there a mistake? Did they run out of Wagyu beef? <laughs> I'd say the only mistake is you not getting out and about enough, Tiger. <laughs> you're not traveling enough that's what I would say the only mistake you've made is how you've missed that for 45 years of your life I mean this guy is this guy a jackass you see what he did with his green jacket last year <laughs> he was on he was on a quad bike spewing up a kebab over himself even I didn't do that at my worst <laughs> <laughs> okay so we got your cheesy pasta black and cod oh now we're one talking. of the greatest dishes in the world again and then a certain steak from Spain called a chaluton chop. Oh, I think on the menu it should say a certain steak from Spain. That sounds <laughs> very classy, very mysterious. It's my all-time favourite. And then my mum's apple crumble for dessert. If you can eat dessert after that um, absolute congealing of mixed food. So is she out there making apple crumble for 80 people? <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Or does everyone get a little Tupperware box that she's put it in? Probably by the four courses, yeah, they're going to be absolutely finished. That would be my menu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, the friend of the podcast, journalist Tom Fordyce, has been to Augusta several times, um, and he's got some insider observations for us. Uh, firstly, no phones on the course. As a spectator, you can be ejected, and as a journalist, you can have your accreditation taken away if you're found with a phone. Yeah, it's probably right up your street, huh? Yeah, I don't mind that. One level up from our rule here, which is no phones on the course apart from uh, golf needs and emergencies. Uh, you have to refer to members as patrons. You're not allowed to sit down anywhere <laughs> around the course. No, people leave their chairs everywhere. So, like, you have to, like, go and, like, park up for the day where you want your space. So, wherever you go to, like, um, like round 13, 14, things like that, or... 18th green wherever it is and 
you have to go and like yeah park your chair up and then you can obviously go for a walk but then you've got to go back and that's where you're sort of sitting for the day one of the quirkiest rules they have is no running there no running where like on the golf course so you know like people might run towards a spot or a ball might be hitting the trees and people run over to it you're not allowed to run i quite like i don't mind that so much are players allowed to run i have no idea I like know, if, you, I know. if you leave your sand wedge on the previous green, are you allowed to do that kind of, that, I hate it, I hate that. Or you leave your glove, falls out of your pocket and you have to run back to the tee or something. <laughs> you just got loads of, yeah, loads of golf fans doing like a weird pace, like fast walk. Like those Olympic walkers who sort of do that waddle because their feet aren't allowed to be off the ground at the same time. Yes, basically, yeah. Basically, everyone walking around sort of looking like they're doing a poo walk. (laughs) I mean, we are straying into territory. I think we do need to address this, that Augusta's got a pretty poor track record on inclusivity and diversity, shall we say. I think it's important to note that. So uh, the first uh, black member uh, was admitted in 1990, which is pretty extraordinary. There are estimates that there are about nine uh, black members of Augusta. First black player was in 1975. Was that Lee Elder? Yeah, Lee Elder, uh, first black golfer to compete at the Masters in 1975. I mean, is that sort of still a topic amongst players that it's a bit... I mean, you talk about like not having phones and not being able to sit down and having to call people patrons. That's the sort of, I guess, the the traditional end of their traditions, but there's some some less pleasant sort of, uh, maybe not traditions, but certainly habits that the, the club has been been involved in along the years. Yeah, probably, yeah. It's not, yeah, like you said, it hasn't got the best track record at all. And I think like what, again, it's what people like Lee Elder, Tiger Woods have done for the sport has made it so amazing as well, what they've done and achieved. And add to that, the first women to be uh, welcomed to Augusta National was in 2012. I mean, that's a disgrace. <laughs> These are all things that Beef's Golf Club is uh, completely against, and uh, it's the opposite of our outlook. But, you know, it is changing, and hopefully more changes to come in some golf courses, uh, well, many golf courses around the world. But I thought it was important to note that um, have you ever been to watch the Masters? Mate, no, I've never been there, mate. Never, ever been there. I don't, like, always see it as if I'm playing. I don't want to go there as a spectator. Really? Yeah. But there might be an opportunity. There might be an opportunity for you some down the line. Earlier this year, Scott Stallings got an invitation. They send it by letter, right? So you get yeah. the invitation in the post. They sent it to the wrong Scott Stallings, to some estate agent. Amazing. Uh, obviously called Scott Stallings. And I was thinking, I hope there's a pro that breaks down on the scene called John Robbins. And they might send the invitation to you by accident. Obviously, the estate agent got in touch and gave it back to the real Scott Stallings. And they got it sorted. But I don't think you would, would you? Well, Beef, I have to say I'm quite hurt uh, because... <laughs> I hope that there's a professional golfer who breaks onto the scene called John Robbins, and I hope it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ruling out getting there by merit. And if not, I'm not ruling out just 
sort of sneaking onto the course at night and playing with a head torch <laughs> and a luminous golf ball. Well, there's only um, there's only 300 members. Let's see if we can find out any famous members. Notable members: Warren Buffett, second richest man in the world. I, th I think this gives you a bit of a flavour of the sort of people. Pete Coors, owner of Coors Brewing Company and Molson Coors. Um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates member. Bill Gates. He's there on merit. He's there on merit. Um, Roger Goodall, who's the commissioner of the NFL. Um, Hugh L. McCall Jr., former CEO of the Bank of America. Jack Nicholas. So very weirdly, so very few. You'd expect it to be like Tiger Woods, Seve Ballesteros, but they. It's not like super famous golfers are automatically invited to be members, are they? Absolutely crackers, man. I bet you they've turned away. Oh yeah, a hell of a lot of like people you'd never expect they've turned away. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There, there will be people who have had hissy fits at being turned down. I reckon. Do you reckon? I yeah, I would love to find the uh, like the crossed off list. That would be the best list ever. Yeah, that would be amazing. Who didn't make the cut? So, beef. We've talked about how you know iconic, how traditional, how how much history there is with the Masters. What what's would you say is your favourite Masters moment? And then we've got some ones from our listeners. I think my generation. Has to be Tiger chipping in on 16. The Nike moment. The Nike moment. Yeah. One one of the most insane chip shots, but yeah, you can't script that or write that that's insane. Can you imagine being in the like Nike advertising agency watching that, thinking, we've just got the best piece of video in the history of sport and it ends with our logo? I'm still speechless about it, to be honest, how that even happens. But that, that sums Tiger Woods up. Well, my favourite moment is another Tiger memory, but completely the opposite. Do you remember when he... It was quite recent when he got a 14 on the par three. Was it a 14? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was his score? Yeah, he did rack up a massive score. Oh, no, on the, um... it was 10 shots. So he made a 10. The worst ever score on the 12th of Augusta. And I'm not... I don't pick that to be kind of mean, but I picked that because it is such a great reminder of how hard golf is. And, and for anyone who's just starting golf... You remember that the best player in the world got a 10 on a par three because it's hard. And sometimes that just happens. That is just, it's, it's so you. It's so good. <laughs> but I think about him when I walk off a par three with a six, I think hmm, still beat Tiger by four. Uh, we've got some of your messages here. Uh, Flat Cap Golfer on Twitter says, Jack on the back nine in 86, the first golf tournament I ever watched on telly. My dad kept saying something special is happening here. Set a high bar for golf tournaments to follow, that's for sure. Yeah, he set, yeah, set a high bar to watch um, any other golf tournaments after that. I mean, that's what it does. People like Nicholas and 
Woods and the people have won the tournament. So so many great players. The two best players who've ever lived won it a few times. I mean, it's stuff like that's incredible. I love it. Tim D says, earliest memory, Sandy Lyle, fellow Shropshire lad. I used to be allowed to stay up late and take the portable TV to bed and watch the final round. Because he, he hit the memorable shot out of the bunker on 18. Yeah, Sandy Lyle was the first player from Britain um, to win the tournament. Only... Ballesteros, Langer and Gary Player had won it from outside the United States before then. Wow. Uh, so that was a huge moment. And that kind of opened things up because then Faldo won the next two years, Woosnam won the year after that. So I remember deal. the Woosnam one. I've seen that quite a few times where he hits the putt and he's like fist pumping as it goes in. Yeah. Everyone, Everyone's picked Sandy Lowell winning this. Everyone will remember Sandy Lowell winning it and the bunker shot. Yeah, if you're in your 40s and you got into golf as a kid, it was probably Sandy Lyle that did it for you. I remember watching the playoff late at night between Nick Faldo and he who shall not be named. And that was my first experience of golf, watching golf. And it was, even though I didn't know much about it, it was absolutely breathtaking, um, Faldo's comeback uh, to beat the Shark. Uh, but this is from Charlie Usher, a bit more recent, says, I know it's a recent memory, but Tiger's win in 2019. As soon as he came out of the clubhouse in a Sunday red, you knew those around him would crumble. That was, that is one of the all-time great sporting stories. What he went through and the, the, the back surgeries and how he's even managed to do that. He's a freak. There's no doubt about it. He, he's one of them sports people who's just an utter freak. Well, I would go as far as to say... Tiger's first round after his crash, the fact that he shot under par at Augusta, first round back, I think that's one of the greatest achievements in the history of sport. And obviously he faded away and obviously he was never going to win. But he was he was tied after the first day. He was tied for 10th. Can you imagine if you're Tony Finau... On one under, tied for 10th. And you see Tiger Woods is there after back surgeries, after timeout, after a car crash. Yeah, he's got, he had half a leg. You must be thinking, how surely <laughs> I should be 10 shots ahead of this guy. Absolutely unreal. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't bet against him winning it again. You, you wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet against I, him. I would. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. If he's playing in it, he's thinking about winning it. Oh, totally agree with that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't back against it. Not yet. I'm going to bet against that. I'll have a. <laughs> I'll have a. Tell you what. If Tiger Woods ever wins the Masters again, I will snap my chipper over my knee. Can I snap it over your knee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You will never use a chipper again. If Tiger Woods wins the Masters, I will snap my chipper over my knee and never pick up another chipper, ever. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> well, because we're talking all things Masters, we've got to speak to someone who's got first-hand experience and not just first-hand experience of playing Augusta or playing in the Masters but one of the most decorated Masters alumni on the planet. I can see him walking up to the clubhouse door now, Beef, and I hope we've remembered to uh, get 
the toilet rotor checked, make sure everything's in place, everything's neat and tidy. Uh, because who's coming in? We've only gone and got Sir Nick Valdo just about to come through the doors. Wow. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. John, we have been joined by absolutely golfing royalty. Our first sir, who's been knighted, Sir Nick Fowler is with us today. How are you doing, mate? I'm great. Good morning. How are you all? I'm, well, I'm morning. I'm only 7.30 in Montana. And it's frigging freezing out there. It's I wrote it down. It's minus... It's minus 20 Fahrenheit, which is near, is minus 20, minus 28 centigrade. Jeez. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? So it's so funny. I got a great film. We opened the door. The dogs went out and it was like three, two, one, and then back in again. So it's so cold. Even the dogs, poor things, can't work out when to go for a, go for a whittle. You know, it's tough. <laughs> so how many yards do you lose off at a seven iron when it's minus 28? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, the golf ball feels like a snooker ball, so it probably doesn't even get airborne. <laughs> it gets up and it goes, it's freezing, and it gets back down. Yeah. I hit the doors. I've got, I've got a, I found a, I found a great place. There's a PJ Pro in town, Pat Stoltz, and um, he's got all the fancy gear, so I, I can at least hit balls indoors now, which is quite fun. So I'm, so I'm trying to keep the body moving. Whoa, that is cold. We couldn't be on the further end of the scale. So it's half seven your time, it's 10.30 p.m. my time, and I'm wow. in like 30, mid-30 degrees here in Singapore. Oh, you're, you're, are you in Singapore? Oh, it's stinky hot. Yeah, yeah, so you couldn't be further away. And I'm bang in the middle. I'm in drizzly Buckinghamshire, where it's been eight degrees for about the past four months. The last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Beef's Golf Club, Cynic. It's such a pleasure to have you here. We are focusing on the Masters uh, today. And okay. I think more than anyone else, you're best placed to uh, give a bit of insight into what that tournament's like, as it was your playground for many years. What is it that makes it so special? Well, it's, the, it's how they organise it. Well, there's, there's two things. One is on the golf course, I absolutely love because it's it's only players and caddies inside the ropes so there's no still photographers uh there's only designated um camera people and the, and they know exactly where they got to stand so it's just you and your caddy out there which may and, it, and of course it's a gorgeous beautiful golf course usually and you know i mean the golf course is incredible um but what i get 
even more amazed it's only kind of like you go to the boundary you know when you go to a regular tournament you know the other side of the the fence it is is all the tackle isn't it is there'll be cables and all sorts of junk if you walk through the compound augusta nothing nothing is out of place you can go behind the scenes you know the the boundary road and it's still pristine and of course they then build and you come back and you're always waiting to you know what have they done in a year like you can come back one year and they completely re they, they've got down the first hole down the right they had their um hospitality um units before and then suddenly they built cottages you came back and there was about eight cottages you know these media cottages for uh, or entertainment cottages and you know and it was like niceville they'd done a little street you know lamps plants and they do that in a year well less and i you know and i'm sure you i've, I've had a blooming kitchen that's taken 10 months to do and then they you come back and you go hey, it's unbelievable how the place just changed they build tunnels press centers you know practice facilities so you know outside the ropes is unbelievable then but then the whole atmosphere i guess the more important thing is the atmosphere for players i mean it's walking on hallow ground i mean it's um I always, say, I always say, I tried to say on TV, I thought the funny, you know, we always say the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. It's not at Augusta. <laughs> That's where it's the greenest. <laughs> it's, you know, I like, you can tell, I love it. It, it. it has this wonderful atmosphere. You can either be out there all on your own. That's a wonderful thing to do. Go and walk, walk nine holes on your own or go and play with just you and your caddy. And you, and you cannot believe you're literally out. It's like golfing heaven. And then you obviously then when the tournament gets there, it, it, the atmosphere is, is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, for people who are sort of new to golf, the Masters is the only tournament that takes place in the same course every year. Yeah. No. Were there very talented players who just hated the course and, and just never got on with it? Well, the most, the most obvious is Lee Trevino. And Lee kicks himself. He said, I wish I'd given myself a smack over the head and said get on with it because he's you know he was one of the greatest greatest straight ball strikers ever wasn't he from our era so yeah i think what obviously Seve was huge wasn't it Seve goes and wins and you think okay because it was completely different when we went there we you know our condition of our golf courses in the late my first one was 79 so you imagine the condition of the golf courses in europe you're not, I'm not insulting them when, when you say some of them were cow fields because we actually warmed up in the cow fields. So, you know, so the, the European tour, well, I started on the British tour and then it went to Europe. So eh, some of the courses were rough. Um, so you go to Augusta and you see these greens, you think, oh my goodness, so suddenly you've got a putt on. And I, actually, I used to putt practice back in England, you know, on a wooden floor because you can just touch it and watch it roll 20 feet. And that's the only way you could learn to really get the tiniest of strokes. Can I make a one inch stroke? Cause you know, that's, you don't stand up and whack it there. You've got to take everything down. Anyway, so condition of the golf course was scary, but I think then Seve was like, okay, if Seve can do it, I play against Seve every week. Well then it, and we got in that mental run of you where Europe was so dominant once, uh, uh, you know, Langer won, I won, Woozy, um, Lazabelle. I mean, it was it was an amazing run we had in Europe. So we, it, I guess we, I don't know what helped us because we were in Europe. I guess you're more talented for a, for a while in your short game, 
around the greens. You had to learn all sorts of little bumper, little things. You made it up. You grabbed any club. I mean, as we know, very much the modern thing is just grab the most lofted. And but back in our day, you know, we were chipping with, with Seve, you know, three irons, and you learn a little bit of everything. So I think we had great imagination. Um, and um, I mean, to play Augusta, you have to have a great mental strength because you you look at a shot, and it's. And you know, I can't miss it there. I mustn't miss it there. That's no good going over there. So it, um, you have to deal with it scaring you for a moment. You have to better deal with that. That's incredible. And then obviously you win it. Yeah. And what I'm really interested in is you get to go in the locker room, the winner's locker room that only you guys yeah. can go in. And then you've got to put up a menu for next year. <laughs> yeah, well, that was... Yeah, so as you know, you start from the lower locker room, the champion locker room. I never went near that until obviously I've won it. And then even when you've won, I don't think, you don't even go into the champion's locker room then. You you get your jacket, you have to come back for a club dinner that evening, and you don't come back till the next year, and then you're, then you're in the champion's locker room. And I did good old shepherd's pie, I think. No, I didn't. No, first one I tried to do steak and kidney pie because they hated the kidney. So not many, too many were like, what is this kidney? And they smelt that and I thought, no, we'll stick to the good old ribeye or something. So first one didn't go down very well. And then the then second one I did shepherd's pie and I did a good old trifle. <laughs> that went down well. <laughs> the best one was the last one. I, I brought, I did good old fish and chips. I brought over Harry Ramsden's cod fillets this big and I bought the chips I bought mushy peas um, sarsen's vinegar what else yeah I made sure we had that so I brought and everybody loved that I deemed that as one of the top three because they did a great job and the way and the waiter comes around and got, you know what our mushy peas look like they're, you know they're nuclear green aren't they fluorescent and he says do you want these I said yeah he said mushy peas and mushy what <laughs> So I did, yeah, I deem that a good one. That went down very well. That was what I, I will, I would put myself in the top three on that one. So do you, do you finally get your green jacket to keep at some point or is it still there? No, they stay at the, they stay at the club. That's, that's the tradition. You know, they stay in your lock. And it's a very cool, I have to say, it's a very cool moment that when you arrive at your locker each year, and I've only been there during the tournament. Now, right, go in Saturday or Sunday, you open your locker, and then there it's sitting. So I share my locker. We all because his locker room's tiny. Um, it's only about thirty foot by fifteen foot wide. You know, our lockers everywhere, and we've got a we've got a new um, restroom, bathroom. That's it. That's all we've got up there. About four tables, and um, so I share my locker with Trevor Immelman. So. So at least different size. I did, and I'd, so over the years, so it's quite funny. So you get your first jacket, and then I don't know. Ten years later, I get a bit bigger. <laughs> so I say, any chance I get a, a slightly bigger jacket? And then I thought I'd be clever, and I thought, well, let's bring a bit of fashion. I wanted mine to be single-breasted because there's his double-breast. You know, there's his triple button rather. The traditional one comes here, you know, with three buttons. So I said, well, why can't do a bit more European style and have two buttons? So all they did was take another jack and just iron the lapels open a bit more. So I've got a buttonhole halfway down. 
so, <laughs> so, I, so for a while it was very cool for a while i would arrive and open my locker and i had three jackets sitting there and so i could put them on and say oh that one fits best and i'm trying to so um they've stopped that now i think they've I'm back to one but for a while i thought that was very cool i got a nice picture of that with three jackets lined up so you can tell it's, it's such a special thing it's it gets you all get your collie wobbles going when you uh when you look at that thing and think what you did we were talking about how exclusive a club it is as a three-time winner do you get to go back and sort of could you play whenever you want did you get offered membership do you have any sort of special rights no if i want to play tomorrow i have to play with a member wow yeah even with three yeah i was i was actually working on doing something it didn't come off and so i was calling members to say are you around so um yeah so i've never done it i, I want to do that because they say it's a great experience you know to just go and stay on site stay in one of the cabins and you just play a couple of rounds you know play so I, i've still never done that so i must maybe i will maybe i will this year hopefully i do that's nuts that's nuts how you can win it three times and they just go no mate no that's right three um i think they made i know they made arnold a member i'm not sure if they've even made jack a member i assume jack's a member but i'm not even sure of that actually made him a member so um yeah gotta do better you know with a couple more <laughs> <laughs> here's a question for you sir nick if we put together a four ball of jack tiger arnold palmer and yourself all playing at your peak oh, who do you reckon's winning the green jacket on that day at augusta yeah wow at augusta well in our peaks hey that's a hell of a question hell of a question because you know what you know jack shot wasn't jack the first to shoot the record score and of course then tiger comes along you know and when arnold played he hold every putt um yeah, I think I'll finish in the top 10 of that one. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't say. I think it will probably be go, gosh, well, I'm still, yeah, I'm a Jack. I would say it would go Jack. I'd have a tough fight with Arnold. It'd be, I'll have a tough fight for third, <laughs> I think. Oh, so it would be Jack and then Tiger will be one and two somehow. When you watch footage of... Um of you at uh, the Masters, because of the way technology has come on, it looks like you're hitting a five wood off every tee, you know, compared to the modern drivers. And I wondered if there was one piece of kit or one piece of knowledge you could take with you from 2023 back into the 80s, what, would, what do you think would give you the biggest advantage? Yeah, we, I think we we need, honestly, we need an asterisk in our game because the equipment that we played with, you know, when you're using persimmon and a blatter ball and blades um, to, to now, I mean, I love the modern equipment now because the shafts and the heads are so good. And I, you know, and again, with these launch monitors, you can see where you hit it on the face now, can't you? And I, and I, you know, and I hit one the other day and it's like 11 millimeters off the center and I couldn't feel it. I thought, well, that felt fine to me. And I look up, it's not even close. I mean, the, our sweet spot seriously was the size of a, well, it probably was a pea, went to a penny, went to a little penny. And now, you know, the sweet spot in everything, in all your irons, is amazing. 
So you adapted it. So, and Augusta then, obviously the golf ball didn't go as far. So it was very much the strategy. You learned, you you heard about there was a way of just getting, being right to center or left just to give you a better angle. If you're hitting five iron into some of those greens, you need a bit more room to work the golf ball in. Now, as you know, they're hitting at 350 and they've got a wedge of nine iron. Well, it doesn't, you don't need strategy with a wedge of nine iron in your hand. You just have to be smart. You still have to know where not to miss it. But that's what's changed tremendously that, you know, you used to have, oh God, I pride myself. I remember some of the great shots, like number nine, you've got a, you've got a golf ball that's below your feet on a downhill lie and you're going uphill and you've got a green angled like this and you're, you're playing a little knockdown seven. And so that's a real goal shot. I remember that's one of the best sevens irons I hit in my life was, was 1990 front left pin and I just gave it one of these little things and work it we had, you know we really did work the golf ball right no word of a lie John I hit um an old proper wood two years ago and I hit the first one and I middled it and this was obviously with a with a newer ball as well so I hit the first one middled it and I was like don't seem that bad I hit another one and I hit it slightly out the hill and the whole thing vibrated. Yeah, yeah. It went about 40, 50 yards shorter and it went sideways compared. Yeah. And I was like, if that was my, if that was mine, I'd be sort of probably right half of the fairway. It, it was, mm. it was like insane. I was like, wow. Yeah. And then it really gave like a different appreciation to every golfer who played in that era. It was like, wow. We're creating uh, the Dream Golf Club here at Beef's Golf Club, and we wondered what kind of features would you like to see at a Dream Club, and is there anything from Augusta that you would uh, sort of like to have at your local course? My goodness, yeah. What well, you'd like? <clears throat> I'd like it. Um, you'd love it manicured, but you know the nicest thing Augusta is is actually quite quaint. The actual club, the clubhouse is very small. You've got the, the extra locker room. Um, and the old practice ground was great. You just you walked across the parking lot to the old practice ground, and you walked across Magnolia Lane, and you did your chipping, and then went around the clubhouse onto the putting green. I love that. That's very important to have that lovely rhythm when you're at a club, rather than the range being half a mile that way. And uh, you know, so that's so that's a lovely feel about it. Um, I'd make all my members wear club shirts. They can wear any. You know, they got like. It's the coolest thing. Augusta's the only tournament where it's normally if you bowl up at a tournament with, you know, the gear on, they think you're a bit of a nerd. But Augusta, everybody wears Augusta shirts. You know, you just everybody does that. You know, everybody, you either got the shirt, you go to the you go to the pro shop and this or the uh, merchandise centre, and then you're having shirts and hats and everything Augusta. So I'd I think that's very cool. I'd make my members. It's good for the pro as well. So they've all got to buy. You'd have 101 different shirts, but you all wear the club shirt. And even if you come and visit, you have to wear a club shirt. I think that's quite cool. I think that's quite nice because it's, you know, you get a good logo. I get a good logo and something. We can add that to the list of commandments, but I do think we're going to have to give out a lot of free shirts, Beef. What do you reckon? 100%, yeah. They're all on Sir Nick as well, so it's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking uh, earlier 
about some of the traditions at uh, Augusta. Um, I wondered if there are any that you really liked. And is also, is it true that people aren't allowed to run? Yeah, no, no running allowed. So they open the gates at whatever, seven in the morning and they, and I mean, it's so brilliantly organized. They, as you know, they, they bought all the land around. So they're parking. So all the patrons come in and they all walk, you know, as fast as they can to get, and everybody has their Augusta chair and you go in and you put your chair down on the back of 18 or wherever you want to go. You get there quick, put your chair, and you can just leave it for the day. It's not like somebody's going to nick your chair. You know, you can't do that in many other tournaments, I wouldn't have thought. So you put your chair in your spot and you go off for a wander and come back and sit and, and watch. So that is, that's kind of one of the traditions. What's the bar like? The bar? Yeah. We, I, I only go to the bar on... Um, Tuesday night when I'm at the champions dinner, you know, <laughs> and they got some serious stuff. They got some wonderful cognacs up there, of course, you know, some very expensive stuff. I think, oh, recognize that. I'll have a little tipple of that or something. You know, the wine's usually excellent. They got, they apparently have, again, I've never been down in the cellar. They have an amazing cellar. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice spot. I, I just, I, I'm stunned. It, in a way like as I said you've won it three times and you still need to play with a member can you you can't just rock up there go and have a walk around no so they would they hang on they would turn they would they would send you and make you turn at the gate and say sorry sir Nick I know you've won it three times but no you're not coming here today you're not with a member I'd I'd have to play with a member yeah so you obviously would (laughs) prearrange that to go and play with a member yeah Wow. Well, it's been a pleasure to welcome you here to uh, Beef's Golf Club. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been such an insight into what it's like to be at Augusta because neither me and Beef have ever been. <laughs> so at Beef's Golf Club, can you get a ham sandwich and a turkey sandwich and a tuna or is it just all beef? <laughs> no, the best thing on the menu is the club sandwich. Yeah, but it's beef. It's probably a beef club sandwich, isn't it? <laughs> so nick you've also got a new podcast out and a youtube show could you tell us about that yeah so i'm doing a show called 18 with so nick wait um and i played with chris pratt you know dinosaur hollywood superstar and then i'm doing a podcast with uh so nick's round table and i started with jack so i so i interviewed jack which was great did a good hour chatting with jack about trying to ask him something different which was very cool. Well, that's really exciting. I can't wait to see that. What an insight and what access you will have with your reputation of um, getting to chat to the the biggest names. I mean, Beef can't even get Mark Wahlberg to reply to him. It's a disgrace. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I want to talk to some legends that, you know, what's the difference that makes the difference? That's the cool bit, you know, how you deal with pressure and that sort of thing. Jack was very interesting. Jack even says, I was, I was the best choker. And you're like, what? He said, who do you think choked more? Who do you think choked more? And, I said, and he said, and he goes, me, I was the best choker. I go, well, come on, give me some examples. And he, got, and he reels off some of the majors when he made bad decisions and things. And you think, well, there's Jack, 18 majors, 19 seconds, isn't it? It's fucking phenomenal. And then he says, yeah, I choked. And you're like, hang on a minute. So uh, it's very, I thought that was quite interesting. And he meant it. That's such an incredible insight into the the brain of of someone like Jack to 
because you don't think about them as having the most second places, do you? Uh, but there you go. He could almost say to him, so are you a winner, Jack, or a loser? Jack Nicholas, famous choker. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting well, there going, what? I, I heard this, this rumour he'd said that to somebody. So I, I, so I had to say, come on in. Who's the- well, thank you so much. You are now an honorary member here at Beef's Golf Club. There's no restrictions. You can rock up anytime you like and uh, try the club sandwich. What's the shirt logo going to be? I would imagine it's going to be a big cartoon picture of Beef's face. <laughs> we'll have to send you one. Neanderthal man. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thanks so much. Mate, what incredible insight into Augusta and the Masters and Sir Nick's career. I mean, like, his career is insane, and there were so many interesting bits about that. That that was really cool. Yeah, that was amazing. So, what are the what are the golfing nights? Are there? We, well, there's Dame Laura Davis. We could get on. We need to sort of have our our knights and dames of the realm uh, on the board here at the golf club. And is is it just a short hop from here to Sir Beef? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the call is coming. When King Charles finds his first Beef's Golf Club golf ball, (laughs) I think it's going to be a case of Beef pop down to the palace, I'll do the necessary with the sword, and arise. There's not a chance that I'm not kneeling down and you're not next to me. (laughs) And I'll knight you with a chipper. (laughs) The final insult. It's actually yeah. It's actually quite useful for people who can't who can't use a sword, because um, getting getting the ball off the ground with a sword is actually quite difficult. Anyway, folks, we do hope you enjoyed our conversation about all things masterly. Um, that uh, insight into the uh, the way Augusta works that many of us can only dream of. But if you have any comments, if you've ever been to Augusta, if you've got any anecdotes about stuff you saw there, uh, the quirks of that uh, unique course, let us know. Beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Follow us on social media at Beef's Golf Club and join the Facebook group where the conversation is going on. Great times there, John. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.